right, welcome to another installment of the Gazebo Effect podcast. This is season two, episode five? That sounds right in my brain. It might be four. That's crazy, though. That's awesome. Yeah, actually, no, it is four. Um, Today is going to be the second installment of the MCU rewatch. Today I'm joined by fellow MCU fan. We just talked about the rewatch last week, Cole Harris. Hello, guys. Cole, are you so excited to talk about these movies? I'm, I'm actually very excited to talk about the next installment of the MCU, which is Iron Man 1 and 2. Yes, but we're going to talk about Iron Man 1 first. Of course, of course. Yes. Man, I've seen Iron Man 1 probably the most amount of times. Yeah, I haven't seen... I wasn't a big fan of Iron Man until well after the first Avengers movie came out. Mm. Why, why is that? It, I wasn't really interested in the MCU. So I really wasn't interested in the MCU or knew that it existed until Avengers came out. Of course, I saw Captain America, the first Avenger in theaters, but I didn't realize it was connected to anything anything else i just thought it was oh cool captain america <laughs> that's interesting because i would say you're a big fan now oh yes i'm and, a very big fan and very big fan now yeah in hindsight probably a bigger fan than me if we're being honest um for me i watched all of them from the beginning i was just a big superhero junkie when i was 10 when this movie came oh out gosh. i mean we were both 10 yeah but <laughs> i said that to david i was like when i was 10 when iron man came out but i'm like we're all the same we're, age we're we're all pretty much the same age. So, yeah. Um, I remember seeing Iron Man 1 in theaters. I remember seeing Iron Man 2 in theaters. Cole, I would, you like, you, I would like you to describe the movie or your reaction to the movie Iron Man 1 in one word. In one word? One. Hmm. I'd say it would have to be revolutionary. Mm. That's a big word. It is a big word. Do you want to talk about that at all? Sure. Um... It really just redefined how we saw, or how we see movies now. Um, That Iron Man 1 changed the movie industry, even before we knew it was going to be a part of something bigger. Just because of, like, how Jon Favreau wrote it, or... How John Favreau wrote it. Or directed it, I guess. I don't know if he wrote it. And directed it. How the story was told. Because let's let's face it, the superhero movies before Iron Man 1 were kind of lame. They weren't as much of a big deal, except for maybe Spider-Man 2. Yeah. But this really reworked the superhero genre. I think 2008 was just a really big year for it, because Iron Man 1 came out and subverted expectations, and then The Dark Knight came out. The same year. Really? Yeah, Dark Knight was 2008. I was going to say, I'm like, not all Superman movies were bad because Batman Begins was 2005. That's true. Which That's true. I, I didn't hear about it coming out in 2005. I guess I was seven. but I remember it because I had, I had a subscription to a Disney magazine that reviewed new movies coming out that weren't just Disney. Okay, I was going to say, then I was like... Right now, Disney would only review Disney movies. It's an old magazine. Just watch these ones. Just move everything else to the side. <laughs> Nothing else exists but Disney. Yeah. 
it's pretty much the world we live in in 2020. But then again, what isn't Disney now? Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> H- uh, who owns HBO? Can you answer this question for me? Warner Brothers. Okay, that's what I was wondering. But it's kind of like Warner Brothers and like, HBO, Warner Brothers, and Warner Brothers are like two different things. Yeah, they're two different things, but they're both owned by AT&T. Ah. And that's my why mind. you get HBO now for free with your Direct TV subscription. It's not a sponsorship. Just it's not our sponsorship. Out. It's just a little fact. You know, we would be remiss. I mean, I guess it's more like a movie, though. We're not supposed to actually directly mention our sponsor. Although we are recording this in an Audi. Yes, we are. Uh, this brand new Audi that I just happened to be able to, to hold for the day. Um, just They're like, record the episode in the Audi. Every car that you will ever drive in this episode is an Audi. Because uh, that's, that's all they drive in the MCU, if Yes, correct. <laughs> correct. Um, I hope you've noticed that by now. But yeah, they even when, even in Captain Marvel, when they, in Captain America, they couldn't drive Audis until the future. So then in the future, they all pull up in Audis. And then in Captain Marvel, they can't have Audis, but they did a commercial with mm-hmm. Carol Danvers buying an Audi. And I'm pretty sure Tony, I mean, uh, Peter Parker later on has his driver's lesson. <laughs> In, in an, an Audi. Audi, yeah. Just slap a student driver sticker on the side of an Audi and get away with it. That's what Maybe we're doing. in Hollywood, California. That's what we're doing, <laughs> yeah. I'm a student driver. I don't know how to drive we're this. We're students and we're driving. <laughs> I guess that's true. Um, <laughs> it's probably not very safe to be recording an episode while driving at the same time. No. Maybe we should park. Here, I'll pull over. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sweet. Putting in park. All right, um, the one word I would use to describe Iron Man 1 is gutsy. Mm. I just feel like Marvel Studios didn't know what they were doing. Kevin Feige was kind of just hoping things would work out. They just got rights back to this character, and they just went for it. Um, I've read a lot about how they didn't really have a script. Yeah, I don't know if you've heard anything about this. Uh Uh-uh. But most of the, like, a lot of articles I've read is that Iron Man 1 more had, like, directives for how they wanted the scene to go and what happened, but they didn't have so much of a script, and Jeff Bridges hated that. Oh, I bet he did. But Robert Downey Jr. was, like... Loved it. Yeah, that's, like, his his thing, so... And and you can... Because he kept going off script anyway. Yeah. So they were kind of like, I don't even know why I write things for you anymore. (laughs) And that's, I mean, that's how he did it the whole time, basically. Unless it was, like, really important that he said something <clears throat> a certain way. But, yeah. That makes me respect the movie. Not that I didn't have respect for the movie beforehand, but it makes me respect it a lot more. Yeah, for sure. I think, and also John Favreau was a risky move-ish. His most famous movie at the time was Elf. Love Elf. Love Elf. <laughs> but Probably my favorite movie. Christmas movie. Oh. I'm sorry you feel that way. <laughs> There's Besides a lot Christmas of... Vacation. Christmas Vacation? You're still killing me. There's so many good <laughs> Christmas movies out there. Like Iron Man 3, <laughs> for which came out in May. We'll talk about this another time. Can't talk about Iron Man 3 today. I still got to talk about Iron Man 1 and 2. I guess we'll move on to talk about the story a little bit. Did you like how they started with the kidnapping? Yes. 
Although the first time I watched it, watched it, it didn't make a lot of sense because it was very jarring when I watched it the first time because I was like, wait, it looks like they're going to kill him. And I had no clue what's, what was going on. Yeah, I like the iconic um, banging a hammer against some kind of metal to make the Iron Man logo pop up. That was just really well done. And of course they brought that back in Iron Man 2. Um, I liked that he was kidnapped, and it goes back to explain kind of more about who, who Tony Stark is, how he's like the, I think they call him like the crown prince of warfare or something like yeah. that. Um, just super successful, super arrogant also, when you actually meet who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, blow on these dice for me. Blow on these <laughs> dice for me, no. Yeah, I think Rhodey's good, but he like... Terrence Howard actually hated Robert Downey Jr. With so passion. with so much that there's like a brotherly kind of uh, we don't like each other, yeah. Mm-hmm. But they actually hated each other so much that it kind of peels over in the movie, so it doesn't really sell. Yeah. I'm like, I can't actually believe these guys are friends in any way because they don't like each other. They, and I think, they didn't have they didn't have that chemistry that he and uh, Don Cheadle have. And I think. At the time, the first time watching it, I didn't think about that. It, that that's definitely something on the rewatch, especially because we saw Don Cheadle after that. Um, love Don Cheadle. I wish they could just... I don't want them to remake this movie. No. But I wish they could kind of redo all of the scenes <laughs> with Don Cheadle. I wouldn't hate it. That's all I'm going to say about that. It would, I don't release, want to don, release the Don Cheadle cut. <laughs> release the Cheadle cut. But if they do that, then they're going to have to release the Ruffalo cut of... Incredible Hulk, which does not exist. I wouldn't mind it. <laughs> I don't think it'd be good, but that's also another topic for another day, Cole. Yes. We keep um, jumping ahead of ourselves. We keep jumping ahead of ourselves. And we're going to be like, all right, moving on to Iron Man 2. So Endgame <laughs> really captivated me. Um, I like the part where they're talking about, he's like, you're going to build the Jericho missile, and then when you're done, he'll set you free. Mm-hmm. And, no, he won't. No, he won't. That was a good line. What did you think about Jensen? His time in the movie was really short for such an important character, but it makes sense that they had to kill him. And I do like that plot device of, I want to see my family again, but then he reve- but he doesn't reveal that they're dead until he's dying. Because he knows he's going to die. Mm-hmm. He's only there to hopefully help Tony Stark with his plan. But I don't, one thing I don't like jumping ahead just a little bit is that he's never mentioned again he has a cameo in iron man 3 oh he does at the beginning in 1991 okay. and that's the because he mentions that's so he mentions right. the time that tony was drunk and he's like if i was that drunk i would not be able to stand much less give a lecture on integrated circuits so the new year's thing i think is either right before or right after it's in switzerland yes. when he saw him gotcha or gotcha. something like that i think that's how it adds up or maybe he was just there. I don't know. But yeah, he's never mentioned again. But I also feel like Tony wouldn't want to talk about what things like that. Him. He wouldn't want to even talk about him. But I, I kind of thought he was going to come back and be like a Jarvis of some sort. But then he has like computer Jarvis, <laughs> which I love. Oh, yeah. I, I was kind of almost sad that he became Vision later on because he was so good. But I like that. And I'm never going to remember his name on the first try. Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany. Oh, my gosh. I'm terrible. He's like my favorite, and I I don't remember his name. (laughs) Paul Bettany. 
He's great. He's awesome. He said he always just come in for one day, record some stuff and leave, and his kids would go nuts, mm-hmm. sort of. And the story goes that literally right before he got the call for Jarvis, he was told that he did such a bad job on his previous movie that he'd never work another day in Hollywood again. No, so... No? No, it was before he got the call for Vision. Okay. So basically his call with his agent was like, he's never going to get another large role in Hollywood gotcha. outside of like voice acting or something. Mm-hmm. And then he got the call from Joss Whedon about Vision, which is like live action in the uh-huh. movie. So that was kind of what his big defining moment is. And now he's going to be starring in the TV show this fall. WandaVision. Oh, WandaVision. Or I guess yeah. this Christmas, somewhere around there. Whenever they decide to release it. Yeah. Who knows? They could release it tomorrow. <laughs> I think one of the mo- things that this movie really thrives on is Tony Stark's relationship with Pepper Potts is really, mm-hmm. really well done. It's really natural. It doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like his relationship with Rhodey. It doesn't feel like off-putting or anything like that. It really functions well straight from the get-go. Um you know that you can see that Pepper Potts is this strong female character and she like has to be to deal with Tony Stark all the time. But then at the same time, she sort of needs him at the same time, which they like, they need each other. Um, I like the part where she it's kind of famous scene now where she, he has her come down to put in a new, <laughs> basically do surgery on him <laughs> to put in a new arc reactor. And he just assumes nothing's going to go wrong. Uh, yeah. And he was going to, I guess he was going to do it by himself. <laughs> I love that scene. I have always loved that scene. How big uh, are your hands? <laughs> Come down here, I need you. <laughs> I think it did really well. Also, like, something that's really subtly done is the effects in this movie. Mm. They didn't go over the top on anything, but it all feels really natural. So, like, that part where she's, like, it looks like she's really sticking her hand inside of him. Yeah. But I don't know exactly how they did that. I was watching um, a lot of stuff about the tricks they pulled to make things work. I think they built, rebuilt his torso and had him like behind it. So where it looked natural. That's a really good looking torso then. Because mm-hmm. it looks just like him. They just moved his real torso backwards and then kind of covered it up. They moved his head up. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That makes sense too. Yeah, they... Um, they I was watching stuff about this a long time ago, but they kind of tried to approach it from a place of like practical effects almost. And then they did a lot of CGI to make mm-hmm. the metal look real and uh, fill in the Dang rest of the suit. Boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that. He like tries, he doesn't directly try iron, mm-hmm. but the, the metal he does the first time doesn't work. I think that's one of my favorite funny moments, not moving ahead, but that is the, the, the only one I wrote down, <laughs> even though I really laughed at the whole movie, was his first attempt at flying. He's like, let's just try 2%. He just slams it down. <laughs> I think that's just, it's a John Favreau type of oh, comedy, yeah. too. Um, oh, ha, ha, he hurt himself. <laughs> but I'm donating you to a community I'm college. donating you to the to a local college. <laughs> I think one of the big parts that really captivated me was he becomes so obsessed with his mission and the, the, the change from arrogant Tony Stark to humanitarian Tony mm-hmm. Stark. It's almost kind of, it's almost sudden, but he just becomes so obsessed with destroying his own weapons 
and Pepper tries to tell him he's going to kill himself, and he says, I shouldn't be alive unless it was for a reason. Mm -hmm. I I don't know if it was you or the my other buddy watching it with us, but he made the point that he said that he didn't think that this Tony Stark really is seen again. No. To show as a, cause he's almost like, but he, his point was that they were trying to make him like an opposite to Captain America. Mm-hmm. I disagree. Really? To a degree. Yeah. I think, I think just like he becomes more comfortable with his new situation and then the second one he's dying and he knows that the entire movie and so for the second one he's again we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit that's okay um he's making all these terrible choices the whole time because he knows he's going to die he knows he's doesn't have much time and he just wants to do something that's ridiculous and then after that in avengers one he's cocky as always oh yeah um, he's quippy, but he does make the sacrifice play. And I think he just... Every time. <laughs> well, I think it's like, even though you learn that his dad did think he was special, in his life his dad never said that. And his dad always said that, like, Captain America was special, Captain America was mm-hmm. amazing, blah, blah, blah. So then when he actually meets Captain America, he doesn't have much care for him. Yeah. And then, of course, Captain America doesn't like him very much, so then they just they bash heads. And then later on, they disagree because of other reasons. But I think his choices in Civil War and even after that reflect even all the way back to here. Mm-hmm. Like he says in Civil War that like as soon as he heard that like weapons were, that were dealing under the table, I stopped production and did manufacturing, which is the main plot point of this movie. And it, it flows into the next movie, too. So, I don't think he's... I don't think it's much to say that he's... He's always all over the place, though. This is Tony Stark we're talking about. He's not going to be level-headed. No. Never. Never. Always going from one point to another. Yeah, he's just all over the place, and he's... I mean, I, I think I said it to you. He's kind of the MCU's... Hank yeah, he's kind of the MCU's Hank Pym. And I know MCU actually has a Hank Pym, <laughs> but they didn't have him in the beginning, which I think they should have probably mm-hmm. done Ant-Man earlier, which they were wanting to, but they never did. And I love Ant-Man. We're going to talk about that later. Later. Um, I'm going to, at least. Um, but, yeah, Hank Pym is kind of just this terrible, broken person. He makes all these terrible things and hates everybody. Then he's a great hero, and then he just keeps bouncing back and forth. So Tony Stark does that to a degree Mm -hmm. um hank pym makes ultron in the comics not tony stark did you not know that i think i did but it's yeah so ultron and that was the other thing ultron in the comics is no relation to tony stark whatsoever almost at all that explains a little bit of why people didn't some people didn't like ultron because of that i think it was fine but they they kind of yeah tony stark had to make ultron so like i feel like you would feel really regretful about that mostly because he made a weapon again mm-hmm. he wasn't planning on it and he made ai um man other points about the story do you think the last battle was was good enough it was kind of all over the place that last battle was um 
and he didn't really have that much to lose except for like, his life. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was it's better than no last battle. Yeah. <coughs> Punisher season two. Really? Oh yeah. They skip it all together. Yep. Oh man, nice. <laughs> I would say the main theme for this movie is like, I don't want to make keyboard sounds on here. I think the main theme of the story is actually sacrifice huh. or at least being accountable for, yes. your, for your actions. I think he makes a sac, he, he almost, he's not, he's willing to die at the end to destroy all the technology. Um, and then he, he doesn't die and that's, that's convenient. <laughs> It's super a movie, but I would say I would say the theme of this movie, really the moral of this movie, is being held accountable for, mm-hmm. for your actions. Let's see. Um, I think one story thing that they shouldn't have done, they changed the last second that Obadiah Stane was gonna die. Mm. They were. It was going to be at least according to Jeff Bridges, which I don't know if to believe him or not. Um, he said that it was going to be Tony walks over to the suit, opens it up, and Obadiah's gone. Oh. Yeah. I would have preferred that. I also would have preferred that, but, you know, it. this movie did some good things. It did some great things. It also set some trends that aren't as good, so, like, the bad guy dies at the end. Or, yeah, I was, a, um, I was about to mention that. The bad guy dies at the end. Um, the bad guy is the same as the hero, just in reverse. Like the pitch meeting. We should do that for every single one of these movies. It's not always, but generally. Um, Etc. Nick Fury shows up. Phil Coulson somehow has a, have an excuse to be there. I like Phil Coulson in this movie. Mm-hmm. He's really blunt. and I mean, Clark Gregg is just really good at playing that character. Um, some MCU connections. There's actually not a ton in this one. Nope. Um, and I like that. I, I didn't need it. Um, there's some foreshadowing to War Machine at the end. Next um, time, baby. Next time, baby. <laughs> I still like Terrence Howard. I should yes. say that, too. I think he's an amazing actor. I, I'm okay with him not coming back to this, though, just for his personal reasons. Um, I guess that is mostly because of money, which is bad. Yeah. Um, obviously, Nick Fury in the end credit scene, that was a big deal at the time, which I didn't even watch the end credit scene. We left the movie theater. <laughs> There wasn't, yeah, there wasn't that expectation of, oh, you have to stay for the end credits. Yeah, yeah. But I think they, every time after that, for mm-hmm. sure. And then also the Incredible Hulk didn't have an end credit scene, so they didn't. I thought, I thought it did. No. So the Tony Stark movie scene's actually at the end of the movie. Oh, okay. It's not an end credit gotcha. scene. Pretty sure. That, that one's like Iron Man 1 and 2. I've only seen Incredible Hulk maybe twice. I've seen it a few times. I used to, my family owned the DVD. So I really liked Incredible Hulk. Colston obviously is in this. That's another MCU connection. He says, not my first rodeo. Not my first rodeo. I uh, made a mental note of this. Is it his second rodeo then? Would Captain Marvel would be his first rodeo? First rodeo. Did Hulk, Hulk didn't happen before this, did it? No. No? Okay. So yes, it would be his second rodeo. The Incredible Hulk definitely happens after this. Okay. The timeline would say that it happens after Iron Man 2, and I'm we're both 50-50 on where it, mm-hmm. I think it takes place after 1. 
but I guess it sort of makes sense because of the end Iron Man 2. And then, of course, S.H.I.E.L.D. is in this. Um, other connections? You mentioned this one. I'll let you say it. Oh, yeah. To uh, this one just makes me laugh. Um, in Endgame, he refers to Thor as uh, Lebowski, meaning, or referring to the movie The Big Lebowski, in which uh, Jeff Bridges plays The Big Lebowski. And so it, he, it, it was it kind of made me laugh that he didn't recognize the big Lebowski as his best friend. <laughs> also, when is Tony Stark watching all of these movies? That is true. He makes so many references, and I don't... I have a theory. He okay. started watching it when Peter died, because Peter would always make the movie references. But he makes... No, he makes movie references before that. That's true, that's true. He calls Thor Point Break. That is also true. I think he also makes other ones with other people. I just can't remember any of them at the moment. Okay, now it's time <laughs> for the uh, the Dark Horse character. Um, you haven't done this with me yet. No, so. I haven't. So every episode, every movie actually specifically, we you are allowed to pick a Dark Horse character. It cannot be the main character, but it has to be one that really like got you for some reason. Um, and you can't use the same character twice. So okay. if you're not going to pursue me later, or in Iron Man 2, you can't use Pepper Potts mm. twice, for example. I'd save Pepper Potts for later. What, what would be your Dark Horse character? Um, I, have, I, always pick, I always have two written down. So um, I'm going to use Pepper Potts this time. Okay. Um, just to open it up. Um, makes me, in Iron Man now, in Iron Man 2, I'll be, have to be forced to pick another character. <laughs> I just think Pepper Potts was so good. Um, I know Gwyneth Paltrow doesn't care about anybody or something. <laughs> but she's really good at playing that character. I mean, she's strong female character. I mean, we have them in the movies. It's just not always the lead character until mm -hmm. later on with Captain Marvel, which we reviewed last week. Um, if you want to jump back to that, if you missed it. Hmm. Obadiah? I was thinking Obadiah or maybe Yensen. Well, you could see you could use both of those, and then you wouldn't have to worry exactly. about it. You're not going to get to use them again. <laughs> Iron Man 3, Yinsen. Yinsen. <laughs> For three seconds. <laughs> Which one? You have to pick one. Yinsen. Okay. Why do, you, why do you love Yinsen so much? He really just started all of this. Started, in quotation marks. He right. also started the trope of a doctor with a foreign accent. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't have this without... We wouldn't have this entire universe without Jensen. That's a bold claim, but I think you're right, because he makes Iron Man 1 so, like, engaging. Yes, you, you really do. I, I felt really connected to Jensen for the brief amount of time that he's in there. Yeah, and how he, like, develops the relationship with mm -hmm. Tony Stark. I think that's a really good point. Last but not least for Iron Man 1... Uh, the OMG, I just noticed this section. <laughs> Gotta do it. Um, this time I have more than one, guys. So I'm proud to say I have more than one. Um, they can't stand that close to the Jericho missile when launching it. They'd all be dead. Just throwing that one out yeah. there. For sure. They're dead. Um, and then the line about the models where he asked if he went 12 for 12 um, with the like, Vanity Fair's, like, monthly models or something the calendar models the calendar models yeah which and i mean 10 years ago that went over my head it went over my head two years ago oh yeah when i watched it 
because he says he's like yes and no. He's like, enter excellent question, yes and no. He like he's like March and I had a scheduling conflict, but of course Christmas was twins. Oh my gosh, I'm cringing. I don't want to think about that. This is also the only the only one I can think of that has a sex scene in it too. And I'm that's all I'm going to say about yes. that. Yeah. Um, in fact, that actually might be my cringe at this part scene. I always have to have one, but I didn't actually directly think of one beforehand. Mm-mm. It's definitely not Tony Stark built this in the grave with a box of scraps. It's one of the best box. parts of the movie. Box of scraps. Box of scraps. I was really terrified of Obadiah Stane. Mm-hmm. Every every he stole every stole every scene he was in. Um, I have I have more than one cringe scene in Iron Man Two, so I'll just save them for uh, that. I just thought of another MCU connection. Um, the guy in that scene. Oh yeah, he does come back because Tony Stark has to affect every single part of the MCU, or at least every Spider-Man movie, which yes. we're going to talk about because you're doing Spider-Man with me. Sweet. I mean, uh, Iron Man Junior. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't want to call him that. He's still Spider-Man. He's just not that much Spider-Man. No. Which we'll talk about later. Eventually. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, not too many cringe parts of this movie, really. I really like all of it. Um, there's, oh, oh, never mind. Everything I just said, take it back. Take it back. The part where Rhodey and Tony are drinking on the airplane. Oh. With the weird, unexplainable sort of strippers. Strippers. That scene, that scene doesn't work. <laughs> At all. Doesn't make any it sense. Does, yeah, it doesn't so make... So cringeworthy. I never have understood why that scene was in that movie. <laughs> Ever. Oh, gosh. Woo. I think we've literally just shoved that scene out of our minds. I think every time I watch it, I forget about it. For a good... I genuinely believe that I thought that was uh, a deleted scene until this time we watched it. <laughs> I genuinely thought that was a deleted scene. Oh, gosh. Man. All right, now on to Iron Man 2. Iron Man 2. Clunk! No, it's clunk. <laughs> clunk. But since we can't use... We, we have to do practical sound effects. Yeah, I'm actually going to... Uh, after this, I better record just an actual hammer. <laughs> bang something. I don't know what I'm going to do record it with, but <laughs> I'll figure it out. I've got an anvil about two hours away. <laughs> oh nice <laughs> well if you had an anvil nearby let me know oh I can find one alright um what is your overall opinion just shooting from the hip of Iron Man 2 I jumped on that ba- bandwagon of being this is the absolute worst Marvel movie until we rewatched it oh Interesting. I, I I don't jump on a lot of bandwagons, but I jumped on that one. Of all of them? You think Thor the Dark World was better? I enjoyed Thor the Dark World. Thor the Dark Thor. Thor the Dark Thor. <laughs> World the Dark Thor. World the Dark Thor. <laughs> but oh, man. on rewatching it, it really did. I really did change my mind about it. I'm glad. Because I really enjoyed Iron Man 2 the first time I saw it, for the most part, and I hesitate to say it, right after watching it, I always think it's better than Iron Man 1, Mm -hmm. and then when I take time to think about it, Iron Man 1 is better, but I think Iron Man 2 is really good in terms of 
for sure universe building it does a yes. lot towards that but also it's just a really good movie for the most part there's some parts i wish they hadn't done um which we'll get into <laughs> just like they could have done things differently but i like that they brought pretty much everybody back um except for don Cheadle came in which is great they brought john favreau back obviously rdj and then added just a a plethora of new characters yeah that did a really good job yeah and he did it without feeling too overcrowded mm-hmm. because if you think about it iron man 2 has like at least six six yeah. six strong characters because it has hammer and whiplash which are two villainous characters and then it has roadie pepper and tony and it has and it adds natasha mm. Yes. And it all works pretty seamlessly. And then there's like Senator Stern, Stern and some big supporting characters. I like that the story, it doesn't really, it doesn't tread on any kind. This movie also doesn't tread on any new stuff. Like it doesn't take all of the good tropes from Iron Man 1 and do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, other than the villain being exactly the same thing as the hero. But in this case, he has another personal connection to him. Yeah. But I like, well, I like, I like the comparison between Ivan Vanko and Tony Stark because, well, their fathers both, of course, Mm -hmm. were actually working together on the uh, nuclear technology. Mm -hmm. I would say the atom bomb, but one of them wanted to make a bomb, sort of, and the other one wanted to make clean energy. That's where I like, I really like what they did with Iron Man 2 regarding because it was about howard stark whereas the first movie it had a little bit to do with howard stark but not as much and they were really building towards captain america with how much they talked about howard yeah i i like that too especially because i'm actually coming off the back of seeing howard stark and captain america one but it's really seamless to john slattery and and dominic cooper Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, amazing. See, now I'm remembering names like nobody's business. I just can't remember the guy that plays Vision. I'm just kidding. It's Paul Bettany. I got it now. So we just said it 20 minutes ago. Um, but Dominic Cooper and John Slattery, it's really seamless. Both of them play Tony Stark amazingly. I'm kind of in between on Endgame if they should have used Dominic Cooper or John Slattery. Yeah. I feel like just because John Slattery is actually Dominic Cooper hasn't been in any of the movies mm-hmm. with Tony with RDJ before, it made more sense to do John Slattery. Slattery. Um, even though they've never been on screen together, mm-hmm. I, I really did appreciate. I would I would have chosen John Slattery. Yeah, and this connects really well to. Uh, Captain America one in terms of the world exposition, mm-hmm. and then the Stark Expo is like his continuing on and of course bringing it back with iron man 2 i get that's a waste of time according to pepper Potts, but she's probably (laughs) right but i don't care it's cool to watch it's like entertaining i didn't really love the part the the intro in no i didn't want to talk about this so the trailer which they ended up making a deleted scene in the movie Mm -hmm. but pepper's like on the plane with him and she kisses it's like they're I guess they're dating, sort of, because yes. the first one kind of alludes to the fact that they might date. Um, and then at the beginning of Iron Man 2, she, like, kisses the 
the helmet instead of him and tosses it. I like that. I like the whole scene, but I understand that it wouldn't make any sense because they're not dating in this movie until the end again. It's fine. Um, They're not supposed to get along. No. In Iron Man 3, it's like they still don't get along even though if they're together. So I get that they tossed that out. I just thought that was interesting. And it would have been entertaining to watch in the movie, but it wouldn't have made sense. No. So that's fine. I like that he's hit with a firework. Yes. That was cool. Um, Something that I'm really 50-50 on is how much ACDC is in this movie. Mostly because the the actual score of the movie is unable to mm-hmm. be good. I found out who did it. I think it was John Debony. Yes. But it's you can't listen to it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't exist. I guess it might be on YouTube. I guess I could try to yup tub it. But I think I think it is on YouTube. Or like parts of it are. Mm-hmm. But like this guy did a whole score. He can't even listen to it. Cause ACDC just <laughs> took all the rights. And I guess they did like one new song or something, maybe two new songs, but the rest of it's just retreaded stuff. Famously retreaded stuff. Famous, yeah. <laughs> I like it. Um, it's just a lot of ACDC for one movie. Um, but I like that they don't start the movie with the expo. They start the movie with Ivan Vanko. Yes. Um, that was really good. It's interesting that his father um, just died, like Anton, at the end, because it's like Howard Stark died a long time ago, mm-hmm. but Anton's still alive. Which, if, if you think about Howard Stark, if he hadn't been murdered in 1991 probably would still be around possibly Mm -hmm. possibly i like that they didn't say he was murdered though they just said that he died leaving it kind of open to talk about not that they i don't think they did on purpose no (laughs) they don't do any most of the things that they did didn't work on purpose it was just like hey we didn't happen to mention how he died so he was murdered by winter soldier plot hole retcon (laughs) sort of plot hole retcon fixed (laughs) patched um I write here. Oh, the hearing. I want to hearing. talk about the hearing. Love the hearing. Love and hate the hearing. Mm-hmm. The best part about the hearing is Don Cheadle walking in, going, It's me, I'm here, deal with it. Deal with it. <laughs> it just, it's really good because it's something Brody would say, but it's also acknowledging the fact that it's a different person, but it's saying, Deal with it. Yeah. It's me, just, I'm here, deal with it. Just go for <laughs> Drop it. <laughs> really well done i like that uh, stearns is the worst you're supposed to hate i like it when they do a character that you're supposed to hate and you really hate him hammer does that i mean hammer's so good in this movie Mm -hmm. i think justin hammer's probably one of the best parts of this movie but stearns does that equally well um and just making him hydra later is even over the top better than that but I like how Tony just hacks everything. And mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it was 2007 through 10, so all of the fancy tech superhero people have a clear iPhone that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, Where's this, Reed Richards. where is this clear iPhone? Where is this technology? <laughs> Why doesn't everybody have it? Someone would pay lots of money for that. <laughs> or not. Or not. <laughs> but I like that he just... He still shows his technological prowess. You know, I think... One of the things that Batman kind of struggles with is that all the movies just make him some sort of brawler, but like Batman is the world's greatest detective, mm-hmm. and they never really, they don't really capitalize on that. No. While us, whereas Tony Stark, 
he does all of his own tech all the time. And they take the time to actually show him making the tech in Iron Man 1 and working on and that's, stuff in Iron that, Man 2. That's really a crutch that they've done with Batman, is with um, Lucius Fox, I think it is. Yeah. is Lucius makes all the tech. He does. So what's the point? So Lucius does a lot of the tech, but he doesn't actually use the use tech. It. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. He can't be the world's greatest detective. No. But we're not talking about those things. No. Did you like Black Widow's introduction? I did. Um, I really liked how they kind of costumed her character. Even though you you know you know what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, I think they put that in the trailer, didn't they? Um, that she was Black Widow. No. No? It was one of those, like, later trailers, like, when the movie was already out, out. that they revealed okay. that she was Black Widow. Actually, I might be lying. I think they showed her at the donut shop. Okay, yes. In the trailer. Exit the donut, sir. <laughs> I'm asking you to exit the donut. But, yeah, she's really good. And she, she really, I like, one of my favorite parts about the movie is, well, how she reacts with Happy Hogan, but also how she works with Pepper and how their character development just changes because of what Tony does. They're like opposing and then they work together. But I think Nat doesn't really care about either no. way. She just does whatever she wants. Mm-hmm. She, whatever's the best angle. But Pepper thinks they're like best buds. <laughs> Poor Pepper. It makes you think, does Pepper even know? I guess she does later though. Mm-hmm. She would definitely figure it out later, but it's interesting. Happy Hogan's the best part about the Iron Man trilogy. Yes. Sorry, not sorry. Um, I don't know if I'm going to use Happy Hogan as my Dark Horse in this movie. I think I'm going to save him for the Iron Man 3. I got you. Something, something's good about Iron Man 3. It's not mm-hmm. anything else, but... <laughs> I wrote a part about the, the first time we see the Whiplash battle. My favorite part is not the battle. Wow, it is cool that they did it mm-hmm. in Malibu. Not Malibu. Monaco. Uh, Monaco. Malibu's where he lives. Monaco's where he drives. Um, <laughs> but I like the conversation afterwards. I think yes. that's one of the best dramatic scenes in the whole thing, in the whole 22, 23 movies. Um, because he's talking about if you could make God bleed, which in this case, God is Tony Stark, like Iron Man. That's how people see him. Like the mm-hmm. world has not been flushed out. There's not heroes everywhere yet. And so he's kind of it and he's like if you can prove that you can beat him it doesn't matter if i lost like i won yeah if you can make him believe then people will cease to believe in him i disagree with the moral the behind, moral behind, behind it, that the theology he, behind it but he's okay. making he's doing a metaphor which i like um it's a metaphor <laughs> it's a metaphor <laughs> we're jumping ahead of ourselves cole <laughs> stop talking about other movies Especially other MCU movies. <laughs> we can talk about Batman all we want. Can't talk about other stuff ahead of time. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I think Rhodey and Pepper, they're really good at trying to take care of Tony, but they also don't understand that he's dying. Dying, yeah. Um, which Natasha knows the whole time, but doesn't do anything. I think she's just reporting she's back. She's just reporting. Yeah. But there's a part where Pepper says, not everybody runs on batteries, Tony. Mm-hmm. I was like, oof. I just like that whole arc. I hate how arrogant he is. I didn't yes. like the birthday party. It drives me nuts. I think that's why people don't like this movie. A lot of it is because of that. Because mm-hmm. um, it's like, you hate the villains because they want you to. But then you also kind of hate Tony Stark most of the movie. I think that was kind of like, they're like, oh, if he's like drunk and stuff, it's great. However, I 
really enjoy the battle between Tony and Rhodey after the birthday party. Oh, that was really good. That's one of my f- probably one, one of the best action. Scenes. Probably the best action part of this movie. Um, it's not the... my favorite scene of the movie, but it is my my favorite fight in that movie. Also, major plot hole. I told you about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so thankful that somebody bothered to look this up. I think it was an Endo versus movies, but the where Tony assumably lives is like maybe a two-hour drive from the Air Force base where Rhodey goes. And they bothered to show which Air Force base he was mm-hmm. going to. And he leaves at night, and he gets there, there in the, in the morning, morning just for no reason at all. <laughs> I think the video was trying to make a claim that he was a scroll and that the scrolls kidnapped him during that time. No, they didn't intend for that. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> They're not that smart. But why? And then, of course, it just hurts my eyes. Because mm-hmm. the stark contrast, I'm like, just film it at night. The stark contrast. The stark contrast. That was pun unintended. <laughs> Better just stop recording <laughs> after that. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening, guys. Awesome. Oh, man. Um, but, yeah, I really like War Machine in this movie. Rhodey's really good. He tries to be patient with him, gives up on that. I think Ivan Venko's mostly good. Justin Hammer's really good for the second half of the movie. I don't like that they didn't really bring him back for any reason. No. They've barely brought him back for anything. The one shot, but that's about Yeah, because he's a great actor. I'd love to see him bring him back. I don't know how they would, or for what context they would bring him back. Oh, wait, actually they did try to bring Justin Hammer back. He was going to be the buyer guy in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Sorry, Ant-Wasp and the Man. I almost said it wrong. That would have been... I would have liked that. So the guy that's like... Has the the under-the-table guy in the FBI. I forget Mm -hmm. the actor's name. That was going to be Justin Hammer. Why didn't they go with that? I think they had scheduling conflicts with Sam Rockwell. Gotcha. Not sure about that, though. Man, my favorite scene of the movie is the Howard Stark scene where he talks about that he saves the message for Tony. Uh-huh. Hands down, best scene in the movie. Some other really good scenes is the part where he tries to apologize to Pepper and you just can't do it. <laughs> that was really hilarious, too. So if you say I one, one more time, time, I'm actually going to throw something at your head. I think my favorite scene is when he put, uh, when Nick Fury puts Coulson at the house and he says, and Tony says something about going for a coffee run and he goes, no. My and Phil Coulson goes. Uh, my job is to keep you on the premises, and if you try to escape, I will tase tase you and watch Super Nanny as you drool on the carpet. <laughs> that always cracks me up. It's Never really good because that's just a Coulson thing to do. And Phil Coulson doesn't like Tony Stark. No, he does not. He has no reason to. It's because he's too in love with Captain America. Also true. <laughs> I have a thought. I had something I was going to mention earlier. Do you think that people would like Hawkeye more if he had been given more screen time in a movie like Black Widow did? I don't know, because I really like Hawkeye. I also really like Hawkeye, but I feel like the general populace, it's kind of like, they're okay with him. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, he was in Thor for kind of... Very briefly. That's what I'm trying to say. I think if they had made him... Maybe in Thor, find find a way to make him more present. That would have been really good. It really would have added to that movie. It would have been kind of odd. It would have been odd as all get out. 
maybe if he hadn't had the bow and arrow at the beginning and he had just been around and then he's investigating in the town, like instead of Phil Coulson, like he's trying to figure out what's going on undercover or something. Because he's a spy. Oh, yeah. He's a super spy. Um, and instead then, of... But then, but then it wouldn't make sense. We're, again, we're jumping ahead of ourselves. I know. Um, but I, I would say it, would, it wouldn't make sense in like the destroyer scene or anything if he yeah. just ran out with a bow and arrow. <laughs> but I love Hawkeye. I just I think Black Widow did really well. Mm-hmm. The happy the Black Widow scene where she's like taking down all the hammer guys. <laughs> I think And the, then Happy is there. I got one. I think oh. Isabel was pointing out that she didn't did she need to take all of them out? And I'm like, Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's not how security works, probably. No. But who cares? Let's see. Wrapping up here, because we're we're in a running short on time. MCU connections, lots. The shield. Well, there's just so many. Hmm. Maybe some future ones because they circled Atlantis. They did. They did. In the end scene. And I think the part at the end with S.H.I.E.L.D. is the reason that Incredible Hulk taking place after Iron Man 2 makes sense because Mm. Iron Man is a consultant. Yes. Uh, And then there's the one shot about the consultant. What's funny about that one is because that that whole one shot exists the way it does because they completely ran out of money for the one shots. (laughs) They had such a small budget that they like couldn't pay for anything else other than two guys. They're like, let's just have two guys sitting down in a diner. This is what spies do, right? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> but they said, like, Clark Gregg was talking about how it was so fun to film them. Mm-hmm. But they, I wish, I wish they'd do more. I think my understanding was that they tossed all of their budget into the the something funny happened on the way to Thor's hammer. Mm-hmm. And Agent Carter, that they had no money for anything else, but they wanted to make other ones anyway. Still super cool. Other connections, Elon Musk. The real is Iron in there. Man. The real life Iron Man. Not really at all. <laughs> but I think it was funny that he was in there. Let's see. Here it is, the famous OMG, I just noticed this. I feel really dumb that I noticed this this time. The only reason Hammer Industries is a big deal in this movie is because Stark Industries stopped making weapons. Yeah. So their primary weapons contractor is Justin Hammer. Only because... Because I'm like, he sucks. Yet again. All of his stuff sucks. Another instance of Tony Stark creating his own problems. Hmm. Also. <laughs> I mean, it's just like everything goes back. But this is Iron Man 2, so they're allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. But it would be interesting to see a solo movie where the villain has nothing to do with Tony Stark or the hero directly. Will we ever get that? I don't think so. I don't think so. (laughs) I'm trying to even think of one that doesn't. I would say Guardians of the Galaxy actually has no connection to Ronan the Key Accuser. Or either Guardians of the Galaxy. No. The second one is his father. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying now. I thought you meant... Well, I guess the Sovereign has nothing to do with Guardians of the Galaxy 2. What does the Sovereign have to do with? Where did they... Sovereign has everything to do with everything. Okay. (laughs) We'll figure it out later. Iron Man, and, sorry, not Iron Man 3. Guardians Iron of the Galaxy 93. Iron Man 93. That would be a cool movie. Takes place in 1993. The other thing I just noticed, which I'm still, actually this is something I noticed a long time ago, but I wanted to mention it. Ivan Venko is dot 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 crying. crying. <laughs> Just screaming to this guy. I'm like so confused. I thought he was like happy that his father died, but I think he's actually mourning. But that actor's just, I have no idea what he's going to do. <laughs> Oh, I I just noticed it this time that I just feel so dumb not noticing all these plot points. Natasha is the replacement to Pepper Potts for Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. 
because Pepper Potts becomes the CEO. I just feel dumb noticing that. Cringe at this part. There's a few. Sam Rockwell makes me cringe in a good way. <laughs> I should delete that out. I probably shouldn't say it that way. I, I enjoyed Justin Hammer quite a bit. And he made me cringe, but it was like I enjoyed how they did it. Like the part where he's like, well, I can't fit his head in there. You've tried to put your head in there. Can you put your head in there? Can you try to put your head in there? I, I can't do it. Ivan, so. he can't fit his head in there. This is your bird. <laughs> the only, you know, the only other movie I think I've seen him in. I've seen him in something else, I'm sure. But the only one I can think of at the moment is Galaxy Quest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I tried to forget Galaxy Quest. Why? Galaxy I'm, Quest I'm is amazing. I, I also... To be fair, I haven't seen it since middle school. It is so good. I haven't seen it since then either, but I still love it. Anyway, he's the he's the guy that he's like the red shirt Star Trek person, <laughs> but in Galaxy Quest equivalent. So he's famous as the character that always dies. dies. His name is Guy. Guy. Like his character name is Guy. I really enjoyed him. And I know you haven't seen this, and I think it when you get around to watching it, he did an excellent job in the Green Mile. Oh, yeah. As the film's sort of main antagonist. Man. Even though he doesn't show up. It's a three hour long movie, but he doesn't show up for like the last hour. But he's kind of the the bad guy. Hmm. Parts I cringe at. The the girls at the beginning <laughs> of Stark Expo. The Starkettes. The Starkettes. Is what they're credited as. Really? Yes. I thought, that's like... Isn't like the the one the girls in Captain America like the Star Spangled Ets or something? Yes. I'm rolling my eyes. You just can't see that on the you can't see that on a podcast. Um, just like we can't see each other, Cole, because oh we're gosh. on a podcast. Why is I'm just so kidding. Dark? We're still sitting in our parking lot in the Audi. Yes. It's getting hot. It's a good thing I should turn on the air condition. <laughs> oh my gosh, we're the worst. This isn't even funny. I'm gonna cut this out. But we had fun doing it. Oh, but yeah, Whiplash is kind of cringy at parts. How did you feel that. about his suit at the end? He it was really cool suit. looking, and it for five minutes. <laughs> I like it. It's really well done, but it's also kind of like it is a rehashing of Iron Man. I haven't seen that much or read that much about the character of Whiplash, so I wouldn't. I don't know if it's comic accurate. I'm kind of assuming that it's not. No, the Monaco is probably the is most closer. accurate. Yeah, but he does have an Iron Man looking ish mask. Okay. But it only covers just the front of his face. It's not a full full head mask. Okay. I like that they made him so compelling. Like made him such a good villain, even though he's not that big of a character. They don't. They have other Iron Man villains. Someone, some people don't realize that Iron Man has quite a few villains. Uh, the Mandarin, for one, which they could have actually done, but they decided not to. They decided to half, half butt it. <laughs> to put keep it, it PG. Blood. Keep it PG. Keep it clean, folks. That's why it says clean lyrics on the page. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> okay. Look it up on podcasts. Gives you the gazebo effect. Yes. It says clean lyrics. I don't know if you could just put clean lyrics and then swear a bunch. I bet they wouldn't probably stop you, no. but all the same. He is like other villains, too. I'm trying to think of some, but he kind of has some common MCU, like Marvel villains, too, that he fights a lot. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think that's about a wrap. I think that is Dark Horse. Oh, Dark Horse. Thank you. I almost forgot. 
I'm going to use Rhodey. Rhodey? Okay. This time. Yeah, I think he just makes this movie really good. Yes. Um, the part where he's like building his own war machine suit, sort of. Really good. He just interacts with characters better. He naturally fits into this universe a lot better than Terrence Howard did. Yes. So I'm really does. satisfied with how he did it. See, I'm going to say, I don't want to pull this card too soon. Do it. But I'm thinking Coulson. No? I don't think you're allowed to use Coulson this okay. time. I won't use Coulson. He's barely this in this time. movie. That's true. Also, I was going to say, the other one I was going to say was Pepper. Oh, Pepper? Yeah. Okay. Because she's the CEO I'm, in this one, but I'm going to yeah. stick with Rhodey. Then Justin Hammer. He just... Yes. He did yes. so well. Yes. Justin and, Hammer. We talk so much about Justin yes. Hammer. All right. Well, sounds good. Sounds good to me. All right. Thank you, Cole, for joining me. Thank um, you. Cole will be back. Talk about Iron Man 3 in a couple weeks here. Yes. The best movie. <laughs> It's the worst movie of this franchise, just the, of, of the Iron Man series. Um, Iron Man Two is better. Yes, I, Iron Man I Two is always. I've always been a fan of Iron Man Two. I'm glad that you enjoyed it more this mm-hmm. time. Um, we both enjoyed Iron Man One. Join us next week. We're going to be talking about. Uh, I'm bringing in another gazebo effect voice, Luke, to talk about the Incredible Hulk and Thor. He's so excited. He cannot contain his excitement. He's he said it's fine. He's gonna have fun. we're gonna have fun with it. Mm-hmm. So and then we're gonna talk about Avengers after that, and then Cole will be back for Iron Man three. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to subscribe, follow us on social media, um, to make sure you never miss an episode, and tell your friends if you enjoy the content. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you have a great day. Safe, stay safe. Okay. Thank you, Audi. Also. Thank you, Audi. I gotta go give this back to them before <laughs> they get on my case. <laughs>